Hey, Rewatchers, Keith here, one of the hosts of Highlander Rewatched, and I'm coming to you from the future of podcasts yet to come. The Rewatchers have been producing this show for uh, almost a year now, and we are well into the second season of episodes. So, for those of you out there who are just finding this show, this is our pilot episode. We we started this uh, out of our love of all things Highlander, and so... Uh, our very first episode, you know, it has some technical issues. Uh, we're kind of just getting into the swing of things. Um, we've been doing this, again, as I said, for about a year now. Completed the entire first season of the television show, and we actually did a huge seven-part retrospective on the original 1986 Highlander film. And uh, now we're about halfway through our second season of episodes. If maybe this pilot is not your cup of tea, I urge you to jump ahead, check out some of our newer stuff. Uh, We certainly get better uh, at doing the podcast, just like the Highlander TV show got better uh, at being a TV show. (laughs) We've also had some amazing guests on the show. We had Amanda Wiss, uh, who played the character of Randy McFarland in the first season of the series. Uh, We also had showrunner and head writer David Abramowitz, uh, who is kind of the heart and soul of the Highlander series, on to talk about his experience making the show. Uh, And most recently, we've actually had actor and star Adrian Paul on the podcast, and he gives us some really great insights and behind-the-scenes stories on the production of Highlander. So jump ahead if you'd like, or join us right from the beginning on this immortal journey. Thanks again for listening to Highlander Rewatched, and on with our very first episode. I am Duncan MacLeod, born 400 years ago in the highlands of Scotland. I am immortal, and I am not alone. For centuries we have waited for the time of the gathering, when the stroke of a sword and the fall of a head will release the power of the quickening. In the end, there can be only one. Hey everybody! Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Highlander Rewatch Podcast. So, uh, since this is our first episode, I figured I would just kind of talk a little bit about what this podcast is going to be and the whole kind of scope of it. The plan is we're going to watch every single episode of Highlander the series uh, from start to finish. There's six seasons. I think it's about 118 episodes or so. And yeah, we're just going to watch them, talk about them, and we'll get into some behind-the-scenes stuff, some trivia. We might, as we go forward... You know, maybe in between each series uh, or season, uh, maybe we'll watch one of the movies and talk about that. Um, and then there's like the whole Highlander expanded universe, which is really fun too. There's anime, there's an animated series too, there's a card game, there's all sorts of kind of extra stuff um, to talk about. And uh, we'd love to hear from everybody out there. Um, so you're going to kind of shape what this podcast is as well. So you can write into us, make sure you like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we're gonna excited to see where this all goes. To introduce one of our rewatchers, uh, Kyle. Do you want to introduce yourself? I'm Kyle. I got into Highlander, not when it originally aired, but later when it was on, like, FX or Spike or whatever 
man channel that was. The thing that grabbed me about it is the concept behind it is awesome, even when the episodes are clunky, and it's got queen and swords. So really, it's a good combination. I'm Eamon. I got into Highlander. Actually, my grandmother used to watch it. And I would watch it with her after school. I can't remember how old I was. I was pretty young. It was cool. I mean, you know, you got guys in trench coats and swords chopping each other's heads off and stuff. So, like, that's that's a pretty solid concept alone without even that they're immortal and everything like that. So, yeah. Was your grandmother watching it for Adrian Paul? I think she was. I think she was. Like, he, he does have, like, a pretty, like, I don't know, Fabio quality to him almost. There's definitely, like, a romance novel quality to a lot of these episodes. Like, he's, like, the ponytail guy and, like, open shirts and all that stuff. But, yeah. Awesome. Um, I got into Highlander, like, in, I think it was, like, fourth grade. And my mom, I don't know if it was my mom who started watching it first. Uh, but I remember it came on Saturday afternoons on, here in the, the like, the Philly area where we're recording this. It was on UPN. I don't know where it aired yeah. in other parts of the country. Um, but I remember watching it then and being, like, super into it. I started, like, collecting, like, a bunch of Highlander merchandise. When I was younger, I had long hair. And so Adrian Paul was like, hey, he has long hair, too. That's cool. Like, oh, nice. I can wear a ponytail. I bought... They they had, like, official Highlander hair berets in the That's catalog. Amazing. That had, like, Celtic symbols. And, like, they were the ones, like, from the show. And so, like, I would wear them if I ever got dressed up and had to wear, like, a suit. I put on my Highlander beret. But anyway, I love Highlander. I think the concept is, like, super awesome. I think... It was a beret? I don't know. What did they call it? Like a hair tie? Like a hair tie. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> a, a uh, did I say my name? My name's Keith. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's awesome. I think Highlander, the series, is the strongest representation of the concept. Did you yeah, guys... hands down. Did you guys know? I didn't know it was a movie. I found out it was a movie, like, years later. I didn't know until maybe, like, a little later, I think. Like, I heard it was a movie, and I feel like I might have even seen the second movie before I saw the first movie. Mm, good God. Um, yeah, good God indeed. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that down the road. But yeah, I think Highlander's great. I love, it's got like a cool moral core. I think once the show, like the show takes a while to find its place. And also just to give a, some thoughts on what this podcast is going to be, we're probably going to rag on some of Highlander a little bit. Yes. Uh, but as much as I love Highlander, there's all sorts of faults of the series, the movies, but at its core, I think it's like the fucking best. Um, it's, it's, it's from a place of love. Yeah, absolutely. But there, um, there is some hilarious shit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the show is totally finding its way, this, especially this first season. And so if you're joining us having never seen Highlander before, I still recommend seeing the first season. I wouldn't Definitely. say skip it, but like hang in there. Like this show gets markedly better. I think especially the second season is like it really steps up its game. And I want to say the third season might be my favorite. It's been a while. Uh, since I've seen them. I'm getting excited to rewatch this because this is basically like me watching it for the first time. It's It's been so long. So okay, kinda... cool. Yeah, so did you see it any any time since you've like originally no. seen it? or Awesome. No. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I've seen it a couple times since, I feel like. I don't know, I had it on DVD, that sort of thing. I think I rewatched them. That was probably the last time I rewatched them all was when they all came out on DVD, which of course now is like, it's easy. Ten, it's it's like 10, 10 years, years ago. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's been a while since I've actually seen them fresh. So anyway, let's jump in. Um, this episode's probably going to be a little longer than most of our other episodes because we've got a lot to talk about. It's the first episode. So this is episode number one. Production number, if you're following along, it's 92102-1. Um, and the only reason I say that is because depending on where you're watching this, if it's the DVDs, uh, Hulu, YouTube, I think, has some episodes. The episodes numbered a little differently. So we're going off of the way it is on like iTunes and the DVD sets. And these are, should, I believe, correspond to the air dates. 
you want, write in, tell us if these are not the correct air dates. But yeah, that's the order we're going to go in. And this episode is called The Gathering. It's the pilot episode. It was first aired on Saturday, October 3rd, 1992. It was directed by Thomas J. Wright. And so I, I have some, like, fun facts, I think, about some of the people involved in this production. Uh, so Thomas J. Wright, he's done, like, tons of TV, lots of episodes of, like, NCIS. He's done, like, 36 episodes of that. Oh, wow. Yeah, Castle, The X-Files. Like, this guy's, like, oh. an industry pro. Wow. Although, aside from all his TV stuff, which I would say is pretty great. I yeah. mean, that's all, like, quality Those network stuff. stuff. Yeah. Uh, he is also the director of a little movie called No Holds Barred. No what? way. Yes. <laughs> what? Uh, and if you haven't seen this movie... It, I don't know if it's still on Netflix for free. You can find it online. It stars Hulk Hogan yes. and Kurt Fuller. Kurt Fuller and Tiny Lester. It's like this crazy wrestling movie. That's a fantastic bad movie to watch. And he's the director of it. Um, and then this pilot was written by Dan Gordon. I think the pilot does a pretty good job. Uh, he's, again, another industry veteran. Some of the highlights of his career, to kind of bookend them, in 1993, he wrote the film Surf Ninjas oh, with, Rob, with Rob Schneider. That has... Is that also Hulk Hogan? Is Hulk Hogan in Surf he's Ninjas? In a, he's in a sequel. He's in, oh, like, okay. Thunder Mountain or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and no, no, no. That, that's three that's ninjas. ninjas. That's three Ninjas. That's three. Surf Ninjas, that features a Sega Game Gear very prominently. I think that's, like, a central <laughs> plot element. But also, on the other end of the spectrum, in 1999, he wrote the movie The Hurricane with Denzel Washington, which what? was up for, like, Academy Awards and, like, is a really solid Surf movie. Surf Ninjas to The Hurricane. To The Hurricane. So, it's written by him. And in this movie, there's guest stars. We have Christopher Lambert or Christophe mm. Lambert, Connor McLeod reprising his role from the movie, and Richard Mall from Night Court. The bailiff and is yeah. okay. Um, Richard Mall is great. He's he's also the voice of Two Face on Batman the Animated He is, and series. he has a crazy big resume too. Yeah, phenomenal work. So just to give you a quick description of the episode, we're going off of the IMDb episode descriptions. Duncan McLeod is an immortal who has been out of the game for many years. Duncan and his girlfriend Tessa are targeted by Slan Quince, an evil immortal. Duncan is convinced by his friend and fellow immortal, Connor McLeod, that he must return to the game to protect Tessa and to keep from losing his head. So, uh, let's start, I guess, at the beginning of this episode, and we should maybe talk about the opening credits? Yeah, I think that's a, a good place to start, because, boy, is that intro dense. He dives right in there, reading very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, this opening yeah. sequence with all these, like, terms of art in them. The quickening, yep. the gathering, yep. all these things are mentioned... And I think, if you, like, what would you think that meant if you had never seen Highlander if before? If I knew nothing, and... it doesn't give you too much nope. info, really, nope. onto what's nope. going on. It's... I mean, I guess it tells you there's something. Yeah. Like, Also, while he's talking, there are all these different words. Like, there's the really long, like, amble of, like, the text of what he's saying. And then there's also words flying across the screen. Immortal, quickening, <laughs> gathering. So it's just, like, as much information that can be dumped on you as possible in, like, 30 seconds. And when he's, when he's like, announcing it, like, somebody was holding a gun to his head. They were like, <laughs> you have to get all this information out in, like, 30 seconds or I'm going to kill you. Like, and you ain't coming back, buddy. Like, you're not really more. I don't know. It was. Is it just me or does it seem like when he reads it? There's only one quickening ever. There's like the time of the gathering where there will be one quickening and then it's over. That's like what it sounds like he's yeah, saying. It yeah, does. it is. Yeah. yeah I'm waiting for the time nebulous. of the gathering when this quickening will happen. Done. It's like, what? Yeah. I, I don't think this episode, as good as it is, I don't think it does a good job of like really setting you up with the whole immortal thing unless you're already sort of familiar with it. Yeah, I don't know it puts a lot think. of the pieces there, but it doesn't explain them as 
well as I guess maybe the rest of the series does. I think yeah. you get those pieces as you go through the series yeah. more and more, and it builds the world. But then it kicks in with the Queen song after the uh, spoken introduction, which is Princes of the Universe. The Great song is song. the song is yeah. awesome. Yep, it's so good. Yep, and yeah, then there's like kind of a montage. It's very like early 90s the, mm-hmm. the kind of typography it's oh, all like sure. purple and green yeah. and it looks text like, is flying around yeah it looks like a levi's jeans commercial. <laughs> <laughs> like and i think a lot of them are wearing jeans oh yeah intro. jeans like, jeans are a big part like of the, the show the, the graphic design sense is very 90s very like you put in a tape of something you taped when you were a kid on vcr like it's that kind of style, like all the commercial, like it looks like a commercial or something. Yeah, it does. And something else that's I, I thought was weird that I, I wrote down was that like the the Highlander font is not the same. Mm. If if, you, if you're familiar with the series, like Highlander, the series kind of has its own like logo. It's a fairly right. stylized like angular font, and it's cool. That doesn't exist yet, and it's just like rocks. Yeah, it's like a weird glowing rocks yeah i don't know why they chose that especially because highlander the movie had a pretty stylized logo and i'm surprised they didn't use that i don't know what they were trying to maybe they're trying to make it different probably Um, yeah and as far as making it different goes like a little behind the scenes stuff early on so originally this pilot was supposed to be like a two-hour made-for-tv movie that led into the series Mm -hmm. um but there were two things that prevented that from happening i guess the budget got cut Mm -hmm. surprise surprise um and then christophe lambert yeah. Didn't really want to do I it. Talk about this. Yeah. yeah, he didn't want to do it, and then he like he finally kind of agreed in like the eleventh hour, like okay, I'll do it. And so he was only available for like three days of shooting. I don't know. It, w- it wasn't exactly what they planned on um, initially, and also early ideas for this series were it was going to be a prequel, oh. and that Connor McCloud was going to be the main character, and it was just going to be recast with a new actor. And it was Adrian Paul, I guess, convinced them to be like, no, this should be like a standalone character. So they decided to make him Duncan McCloud. The decision not to do that introduces all these questions, though, right? Because not to spoil the movie, but Connor wins is the plot of the movie. Right. So you're immediately left wondering, where in time does this happen? Are we introducing a character that we know in the future is dead? Totally. Because Connor wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the movie does paint itself into a corner. Mm. And I think the movie works on its own. Uh, I don't think they ever thought they'd be successful. Uh, enough to make a sequel really right. and so yeah it kind of ends with the game ending and mm-hmm. there's no room for a sequel uh but then here's there's this there's this series um also another weird bit of trivia is the person originally considered uh mainly for this role was alistair duncan was going to be connor mcleod and i'm curious i haven't found any sort of confirmation of this but is that mm-hmm. where they get the name duncan mcleod from was that the actor that was going to play connor mcleod his name was Duncan? I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised yeah. either if they just kind of, like, that name was floating around their heads. And they were like, oh, okay. Was Lambert, like, was he popular at this point? Like, he seemed so reticent. He's like, yeah, there should be a Highlander TV show. I will have nothing to do with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, he only wanted to do movies. I don't know. I mean, he's in I, a, I can't imagine the world was clamoring for this man. But yeah. <laughs> well, <he's in laughs> maybe I'm of, wrong. He's in a lot of action movies, like, around this time period. Yeah. I don't know if they were big. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Mortal yeah. Kombat? Mm-hmm. I was just saying, should we get into the this episode or? yeah let's let's dive right in so the episode opens <sighs> yeah the episode opens <laughs> with just fucking <laughs> it is ju- that's that's how it starts is duncan is in bed with his girlfriend tess and they are just going to bone zone giggling but they're like rocking back and forth like what they're doing is not like <laughs> how anybody has ever had sex yeah. like they're just like it looks like he's like lifting her up and putting her down, like in a weird, like rocking horse type way. Like it's just, and they're giggling, and it's just the weirdest 
thing I've ever seen. I don't know how to describe it. It is weird, and, and it's, it's all just intercut with Sam Kirch Richie. trying to sneak into this antique shop. Antique store, right. Uh, and meanwhile, it's just like, oh, did they forget they're doing it? Let's cut back to them doing it. Yeah. yeah. It's any excuse, especially in the Highlander franchise, to show, like, mm. side boob or There's whatever. There's a lot of nudity in this scene. Like, not almost nudity. I mean, there is nudity later in the episode, like, actual nudity. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's they're, they're showing a TV? lot of skin. Like, yeah, how do they get away with it? I don't know. Uh, I, I was curious. I know, like, so th- this this show is also co-produced with a, a French production company, which is why, as we find out later, half the episodes are filmed in France, half are filmed ah. here. I'm curious if like the French cut is any different, and if there's like even more hardcore sex. I could mm. totally see that happening. Yeah. So Duncan gets uh, like a tingling. He gets yeah. a sense. Uh, there's sense. another immortal around, and he says. I feel something. <laughs> I would hope so, is what she says, Tessa, right? Which is... I, I was watching this alone with just, like, a dog next to me. I, like, audibly groaned <laughs> and, like, woke up the dog. <laughs> he, like, looked at me like, what are you doing? Meanwhile, while Richie is breaking into the... Like, so Richie's a thief, mm-hmm. and he's breaking into an antique store... And he's, like, constantly mugging and making little comments and, like, making little jokes and, like, shining a flashlight around. He walks He walks into – when he gets into the antique store, he goes, everything must go. And he puts the little flashlight in his mouth like it's a cigar. Yep. He's <laughs> doing his Groucho Marx impression. So Duncan gets this sense, and you find out later that they get this, this feeling, this buzz mm. – when they sense another immortals around. So Duncan thinks it's Richie, and he comes out with, like, his sword out. He, all he's wearing is just his Levi's, no shirt, and he's ready to, like, murder Richie. But mm-hmm. Richie's like, oh, like, I don't know what you want. Like, your insurance will cover it. Yeah. I'm out. Like, turns out, I guess, that Duncan wasn't sensing Richie, but he was sensing someone else uh. who comes crashing through the skylight. So I guess, Mike, I've got questions about how this sense works, right? Because I guess it's just a proximity alarm. When a, mm. an immortal's nearby, it, like, goes off. But it doesn't tell you how many or why. Because shortly yeah. thereafter, Connor shows up. And we don't know that he knows there's more than one right. yeah, from I, Jump. So, like, there could be a hundred immortals, and it's going to f- seemingly feel the same to him. I, yeah. I think that's what we're supposed to assume at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's never, it's never really, like, spelled out. Distance in which the sense kicks in or doesn't kick in is wildly inconsistent. Oh, yeah. Sometimes like, they're really far away. Yeah. And other times they're, like, in he's the next like, room. Yeah, walking around the corner, and then it's like, oh, there's an immortal. And other times it's like, it's like he's on the roof of the building. <laughs> and was Slan just waiting there for them to come downstairs? Like... <laughs> He's a manalist to make an entrance. That's true. Yeah. He is very theatrical. So, speaking of theatrical, so this guy comes down, and this this is played by Richard Mall, Richard Mall mm-hmm. uh, and he is wearing, like... He's, it's a mankind mask. Okay, yeah. And he's, like, a super over-the-top villain, I guess, yeah. trying to capture Clancy Brown's performance in the original Highlander, like, really oh, theatrical, yeah. like, yeah. he's kind That's of metal, point. like... Yeah. He immediately starts making comments about Tessa, and mm-hmm. how he's like, I'm gonna come back for your woman, Highlander. Yeah. Because uh, all the villains in Highlander, the movie, the series, like, they are very rapey. Like, they are all about, at least early on, like, they are coming for, like, McCloud's woman. It's very weird. Well, then you have Connor McCloud makes an appearance also. Out of nowhere. Yeah, and for, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, Connor is the star of the original Highlander right. movies. Just the amount of information Slan has about McCloud was kind of like raising an eyebrow, right? Because he's calling yep. him Highlander. He's immediately like, he came here looking for him. Like, he knows. 
I was expecting some kind of groundwork that they had met before, but as we find out, no. Yeah, <laughs> they, I can't find any sort of like reason why Slan wants to kill McCloud, other than the fact that that's the game, and you yeah. just have to kill each other, and he's selected Duncan as his like next... Well, and why is Connor onto Slan? Yeah, Connor seems to be like hunting Slan, and he's yeah. like, he's mine. Like, Well, just because he's evil, and if he wins the game, then Connor says it'll be bad. Right. Of humanity. They do establish another another rule here. So when Connor shows up and introduces himself as Connor McCloud, he utters the line, I'm Connor McCloud, same clan, different vintage, which is great because they're they're kind of related from the same clan. But then they, they point out since there's two McClouds and only one slan, that there's no two on one. That's a rule in yeah. this game. Two things. One, they both feel the need to mention their clan names. Why? <laughs> Duncan hasn't been part of this clan. For 400 years. Right, he was exiled. He still introduces himself to people. He's also just not in Scotland anymore. So, like, he introduces it like it's supposed to mean something to the people he's saying it to. And he's probably going to be like, I'm from the Clan McCloud. And there you go, huh? <laughs> we're we're going to have to track this. Like, in this episode, it makes it seem like it's a thing all immortals do. Because when Slan jumps into the room, he says, I'm Slan Kintz. And it's like... Oh, so that's just an immortal immortal thing? You have to introduce yourself? Yeah, it's very theatrical. In this concept that it's like this kind of duel, that's why there can't be these two-in-ones, it almost makes sense if there are kind of rules on how you engage people. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see that. I don't know that they flesh it out, but that could be sure. a thing that makes sense. Like, no, like, you have to have these weird magic fights, and you have to introduce yourself, and then you have to have, like, this honorable one-on-one throwdown. But... <laughs> Like, there are no two-on-ones, but apparently there's no rule against, like, after your friend fights somebody and wounds them and, like, (laughs) (laughs) undoubtedly makes it much harder for them for you to just jump in and fight them two seconds later. Like, you're not fighting them at the same time, but, like, it seems equally unfair. True. Yeah. Uh, Connor shows up. And Slan, I guess, decides he's just going to bail on this situation. So he leaves... Or first, Richie is like... I don't know whatever, like, D&D thing you're doing here, but, mm-hmm. like, I'm out. He climbs out the window. Then Slan is like, I'll be back for you, McCloud. He climbs out the window. Yeah, he and jumps then Connor, out the window. Yeah, then yeah. he jumps out the window. And then Connor's like, I'm going to go get him. And he, everybody, no one uses the door. Everyone's yep. out the window. Three windows are broken at minimum <laughs> in under nine minutes in the beginning of this episode. At some point, Richie gets picked up by the police yep. and taken into custody because I guess he has jewelry from the antique store in his pocket. And Duncan shows up at the police station to identify him, but he doesn't want to make or doesn't want to press charges. And so I was wondering while we were watching, it's like, well, what is he doing there? Like, why did he even show up if he's not pressing charges? So he goes into the interrogation room because he wants to talk to Richie and he's like going to let him off the hook as long as he doesn't tell anybody what he saw. Not that anyone's believing him anyway, but he's like, you didn't see anyone with swords. That's Anything like that. Is he going just because he's worried people will reveal his secret that he's an immortal? I guess so. I think that's what we're supposed to think. Or not that he's an immortal because Richie doesn't know that at this point. Just that he's engaged in whatever this Weird shadow thing is. This, yeah. this sword fight club is. <laughs> I guess he just doesn't want the cops digging into his personal right. immortal yeah. affairs. Um, he meets Detective Powell there, who becomes mm-hmm. a, a reoccurring character in the first season, at least. And he talks about Richie's, like, oh, well, like, he needs to serve some time in juvie, because mm-hmm. next year he's okay. going to prison, 
and they're gonna pass them around for dessert. And I was just like, oh, like it's again kind of rapey, like <laughs> kinda really gross, rapey, kind of rapey. Also, we're expected to believe that Richie is seventeen years old. <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> which he does not look seventeen. Yeah, and he's not even close. He doesn't really act seventeen either. He's like portrayed to be a kid, and they call him the boy forty thousand times in this whole episode. <laughs> I'm just like, who are they talking about? Oh, Richie, Richie, <laughs> uh, Richie. I guess gets let go. And Dun- yeah. Duncan's responsible for that. Then our next scene, we're back in Duncan's antique store. More nudity. Tess is in the shower. Yeah, there's like the butts shower. and boobs. Like there's nipple. Oh, yeah. This is network television. I couldn't believe that when I saw it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like good rating? And I'm cur- if anyone out there knows if this is the real version that was aired or if this is like the DVD version. I'm going to go ahead and say that no. Because remember how much when people flipped out when they said like shit on nypd blue right like, this yeah. would not have i don't think this flew well they yeah. had all those sexy tv shows though in the 90s like <laughs> silk stockings and stuff <laughs> like that or it was like it was a cop show that it was also kind of like sexy or something yeah I, I don't know if this falls into that category or something Maybe. The show definitely, like, bridges, I think, a lot of cool genres, which I think is one appeal to the show. I think, like, men, women, different ages like this show. Like, it's, like, part romance novel. It's, like, part action-adventure. It's, like, a little historical. Like, it's fantasy. Like, I think it does a pretty good job towing the line of all those different genres. One thing in the next scene that I I noticed that runs through the next couple episodes is Adrian Paul as Duncan, is wearing hair extensions. I don't oh, think anyone noticed that. Like, that. very no. clearly, he has, like... like his ponytail? His like ponytail a... is not real. Which huh. which makes me think it's like... So that means that was written into the character. Like, before this started, they were like, he needs to have a ponytail. Yeah. And, I mean, I was young when this show came out in, what, 1992? So I wasn't watching this when it first came on. But, like, were ponytails that cool? Because they almost seem like they never were. And I had one. And, like... <laughs> yeah. But they I were like, Duncan they, needs a ponytail. I think they were cool at some point. Well, I think that feeds into the romance novel portion of it. Like, that's clearly yeah. what they're tapping into. Because also, he's allergic to shirts in this pilot. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. He more or oh, less yeah. can't wear one for an extended period of time or it'll break out or something? Yeah. I don't know. Adrian Paul is very different than Connor McCloud from the movies. Like, Connor is very, like, he looks like he's from a noir movie. Like, yeah. tr- like kind of... He's really schlubby. Schlubby, yeah, exactly. Like Like, white tennis sneakers and like (laughs) pullover sweaters and jeans. Like constantly. And he's like, he's raspy and like a little bit. He always has like a a, a five o'clock shadow. Yeah, Yeah. he's kind of like rascally and like a little bit threatening. Yeah. Yeah. Where Duncan is like the opposite. Like he's broad shoulders. Like he's like, I remember my mom always called him a beefcake. Yeah. He is. Like he's like tall, dark, handsome, like muscles, very different sort of character. But I think works. So him and Tess have this whole discussion. So they start to kind of get they start unpacking kind of what it is to be immortal. Yeah, we can kind of maybe listen to a little bit of their conversation about what it all means. I think this is kind of the the core of the Highlander franchise, this kind of idea. From now on, every year you look at me and see someone who looks older and older than you. While you stay the same. And it'll just be a matter of time until you want someone else, or maybe I will. That's great. I love that little that little exchange. Also, uh, Queen is playing in the background. Who wants to live forever? Which is. One of the more memorable songs from... They loop that song. That's a pretty long scene, the full scene, and that song is playing in the background for, like, seven minutes. <laughs> also, they fuck, like, eight times in the second <laughs> Yeah, they are constantly just, like, pawing at each other, like... Yep. They're all over the place. I guess we learn somehow, and I think at some point it's revealed that he's with Tess for 12 years. Yeah, I think so. 
is what they said. And it's like, how has this not come up before? Because he says he's like out of the game, but it's just been like 12 years since someone else knocked on his door. Because like she doesn't even know that there is a game. Right. Or that immortals kill each other. Yeah. She just thinks he's like a old magic man. Yeah. I think in the early episodes, they don't. It's not like the Immortal of the Week sort of thing. Like, it becomes a little later. Like, I think they try to make it like, this is a rare occurrence. There's not that many. And I think they, as the series goes, they find their groove of like, eh, no, we'll have more Immortals and it'll be more fun. So, Slan, at this point, is still kind of stalking Duncan. And Connor is outside the, uh, is kind of stalking Slan, I guess, in response. Yeah. Uh, There's one scene where Slan is outside in, like, his car, sees Connor, notice him, Blows him kisses in the mirror, yep. gives a surfs up sign out the window, <laughs> and says, Ciao, baby. baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Also, Slan is like stalking somebody. Like, they know he's stalking them. He's, he's driving this like huge vintage car. He's dressed like a biker metal dude in like a big coat. He has metal gloves. Like, you're the most conspicuous person ever and you're stalking these people who have no idea you're around at this point he's talking tess who isn't she wearing like a torok the dinosaur hunter vest yeah she's point? wearing like some weird michael jackson slash yeah torok civil war <laughs> coat thing i don't know what it is also slan has a, a, a soccer ball on his keychain oh yeah you see that that was as the pilot this this episode kind of jumps around a little bit so the next scene is duncan and connor sparring in like a dirt warehouse like it's a warehouse just full of dirt well this Uh, this this whole thing is weird connor shows up and they talk to duncan and then it cuts to them sparring but they're wearing different clothes yeah this was definitely an editing yeah right because they they're two scenes where they fight in this warehouse oh yeah right they just cut back in between they change but then they cut back to that and they're in the same clothes again right like all that footage came from one day where clearly all of it was supposed to have happened but they they spar and it's fun because connor's wearing Jeans and a sweatshirt. Yep. Duncan is wearing like a pirate shirt he or looks something. Like Jerry Seinfeld. He <laughs> yeah. has the puffy shirt on <laughs> and he's like fighting. I and mean, there's no dirt on him. I mean, I like their relationship. They kind of have like a fun, like they do friendly. They're always smiling at each other. <laughs> yeah, but like then they're also just randomly dicks to each other. Yep. Inexplicably, like I don't quite know what's going on. But every once in a while, like their conversation gets like kind of stilted and hostile sounding. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They have a conversation later. That's my best Connor impression. So Duncan explains at some point, Tess, like the rules of the game, which at this point, uh, there can be only one is like the prime rule that of all these immortals, there can only be one left. And she's like, well, what, what do they, they get like the prize. She's like, what is it? And Duncan says the, the last immortal will rule the planet forever. I feel like that's a little nebulous too in the, the series. Like they drop, I think what the prize really is. I think it's like an unknown prize at some point, which yeah. I think is a little more fun. Like no one knows why they're fighting. Like they just have to do it. It casts like a weird negative light on all of them if they're like fighting for control of the planet. Yeah, like, that seems malevolent or like weird. by nature. Yeah, yeah. they're all going to be it's like. like dicta- I don't want. It's either a good dictator or an evil dictator. Yeah, yeah it's like I don't want Connor to be my president. No. Like, <laughs> the guy's been an immortal for how long, and he still can't even like lie well that he's an immortal. <laughs> like he says to Tessa, like, "Oh, we're." Uh, from the same neighborhood. I'm just like, dude, work on this. <laughs> so eventually, we, we do one of the hallmarks of the series. There's a flashback. Which is what makes this show. I love the extent. flashback. It's like, it gives it such a... It opens so many options, storytelling-wise. And I think, often, that's like the 
the line between like great episodes and other episodes. It's like how well they used the infinite past to their advantage when shooting the episode. Yeah, there's all sorts of character development they can have. So they flash back to 1872. They're with the Lakota Indians, and there's been a massacre. And Duncan, again, one of the quintessential themes of the Highlander franchise is this like love and loss thing. Like he lives forever, but all the people he cares about die. And so he gives a pretty heartbreaking speech to Connor, who I guess is visiting him. At- who is kind of dressed like a pilgrim. It's like his outfit. Connor, Connor looks even more like shit. He looks <laughs> awful in this clip. Connor, like in the, in the present time, he's wearing sweatshirts, white tennis shoes, and like a frumpy jacket. Yep. In this other one, he he just might as well be just wearing mud. Yeah. Like his 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 hair's all fucked up. He's wearing a big. He's head. just covered in dirt. It's like yeah. he, he looks like uh, what's a, what's a, what's his name from Peanuts? Yeah. Oh, Pig Pen. Pig Pen. Yeah. He's Pig Pen. Uh, so why don't we take a listen to uh, this amazing little uh, monologue in the flashback? Oh boy. <laughs> the wildflowers. The songs that told where her people came from. <laughs> so Duncan is holding his dead love no, in his lived. arms. What they believed and in. Connor's kind of <laughs> consoling comforting him, him sort of. Mostly just looking at him. And that's it. So I guess we get an idea of. Duncan's lost loves before. He was dating Pocahontas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it took me a while in the lead up to this flashback to figure out that he was supposed to be with Native Americans. Like, yeah. just in terms of what they were showing, it's like, what is this? Yeah, it kind of just confusing. jumps right into it. It was confusing. Yeah. yeah. And, like, his garb, I guess, just seeing it again, looked more Native American to me, mm-hmm. but not being primed for it. Yeah. It's like, wait, where is he and why? <laughs> yeah, I, I've actually spoken to some people before that have not aren't familiar with the Highlander mm-hmm. series and have just like caught an episode here or there. And some people are like, does he time travel or something? Is that like yeah, what the show's about? Yeah. Like sometimes if you're not really sure what's going on, yeah. you might think he's time traveling. I don't know. Uh, I don't get that impression, but yeah, I guess I'm familiar with it. I think if you're already familiar with it, it's not confusing, but I, I feel like there's a lot of room for people to kind of not really know what's going on here yeah. quite yeah. yet. And that's kind of ho- it's kind of hard to take yourself out of, like, six seasons and five movies worth of knowledge of this stuff. What is his accent in that, by the way? It's kind of Scottish still, right? Ish. It's like, is he overcome with emotions? Or is that, like, a conscious choice that, like, I'm with natives, I speak different now? I, I give Adrian Paul some credit. He does kind of switch his accent up as sure. they do flashbacks. I think he's still trying to find his, like, footing in this season. Like, where my character's supposed to be, like, developmentally. Because he also even plays the character, which I think is fun. Like, when he's younger, when he's only 100 years old, he's, like, a juvenile. He's more of a party animal. He's, like, really brash. Like, uh. And then, like, as the like up until present day, where he's, like, kind of a stoic, hard-ass, I think. Um, also in the first season, I think he's much more hard ass than he is. Like he's a little more fun in some of the other seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, Duncan comes home after fighting with Connor, I guess, sparring, and he thinks Tess is in her studio working. Tess is, isn't uh, a sculptor, and it turns out it's not her. It's Slan, and he's got her tied up, preparing to like rearrange her face with some kind of saw. Yeah, he's got a saw, and he's just gonna cut her up. Very dark. <laughs> Yeah, it's very dark. Uh, Richard Mull plays it great, I think. It's, again, super theatrical, and we should uh, listen to a little clip of him kind of chewing up the scenery. Oh, boy. (laughs) You know what some wags call me? Slam the cat! Because I like to play with my victims first. 
What? <laughs> also, so, some wangs or some wanks? I think, I think it's wags. wags. Like Wag? W-A-G. I don't know what <laughs> I, I tried to look it up. I don't know what that... I just have wags here, <laughs> and I'm like, what's a wag? Yeah. I, I like this unknown wag word more than some wangs. Some wangs, <laughs> call me. So, Duncan and him have it out again. I guess Slan is, has the disadvantage, so he flees once again. <laughs> no, he does not. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was very puzzled by this, right? Like I was saying... She he has the saw and is gonna cut up her face. You know, Duncan, the clever fox that he is, like cuts the cord on the saw. But first off, it's clearly still spinning very fast. Like <laughs> he can still cut her up. Sure. And then he has like a massive two-handed sword, which he then also is able to threaten her with and does. So it's like your advantage has not changed at all. And the thing he does right before fleeing <laughs> is throw Duncan to the ground. That's so true. So it's like, you still have a hostage, and your enemy is on the ground. Yeah, you're right. It's a great time to run. Like, <laughs> what did he come here for? Or is he just there to play? I think he's playing with his... Because yeah, he's, he's the cat. He's playing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so when he does flee, I don't know if anyone caught this, he says, ta-ta for now, kid. <laughs> GTFN, which is the same thing Tigger says in Winnie the Pooh. Like, wow. Uh, I don't understand huh. his, like, lingo. Slant's just a wacky guy. Yes, he's you know? so he, wacky. Also, like, he's vain. Like, he likes to look at himself. and Yeah, we find that out later. Like, he's yeah. looking at himself in a mirror, and we find out that's why he has this mask, is that he doesn't want to mess up I think he says his, like, most valuable asset. Yeah. What? Like, yeah. it's played by Richard Mall, who looks like, no offense, Richard, like a caveman. Yeah. Like, he's a giant, like, seven-foot dude. He's, like, super big. Like, he he's like square-jawed. island head. Yeah. It's just, uh, like, you know. But it's, like, I guess they had that idea, and then maybe for a different character, like, and then cast Richard as it, but then change it. Like, I yeah. can understand if this, like, the villain was, like, Maybe a womanizing, like, good-looking guy yeah. that was like, this Maybe is... Maybe just delusional. Maybe they're going for, like, a delusion. Maybe. But also, this brings up another weird question. Lots of questions. Because uh, as immortals, like, they can't die and they, like, heal. But, like, he has to protect his face because they can get scars, I guess. I can understand wanting to wear some kind of armor on, I don't know, all of your body since <laughs> you're sword fighting. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh great point but that being said like they've been sword fighting for 400 years if he actually needs to like protect his face for like beauty related reasons does that mean like all their hands and like arms should just be like covered in scars because you're having hundreds of years worth of sword fights that's a that's a great point i guess so and i, I think this is maybe something that's left over from like the movie like mythology the series i think has its kind of own mythology apart from the the, the, the movies the, the villain Clancy Brown in the original like he gets his like neck cut and like holds it together with safety pins which is like awesome because he's like this punk rocker oh, yeah, sort of yeah. dude and it's like a cool visual but it's like oh I guess you can like maybe it's just your head can get damaged I don't know like it's never really explained in the movie it doesn't even really need to be because it's yeah. just kind of a fun visual thing sure. um, but I think that's maybe like left over so you need a mankind mask to protect yourself I guess so so anyway uh, then we get another flashback Duncan it turns out is building a cabin it turns out it's on holy ground. And so we find out right. another rule of the game, which is immortals can't hurt each other on holy ground or sacred ground. Here's so he builds this cabin on like an, an old Indian burial ground or something. He gets permission from the, the tribe's elders or whatever uh, to do I it. I don't get about that. Are they physically incapable of doing it, or are they just not allowed to? That's the question about all these rules, right? right. Like, who's going to enforce if Connor and Duncan, like, jump slan and 
and took him down in the first scene. Like, it doesn't seem like there's a mortal police who's going to come in and, like, solve this. So, like... I always got the impression they physically couldn't. Like, something like something is driving them to fight each other. The same way yeah. something is driving them, like, to not hurt well, each other. Some of these characters obviously have no code of honor or ethics. So, are you telling me Slan wouldn't kill someone on holy ground if he had an opportunity? Like, that's a good point. He breaks every other rule. That makes that, sense. That's fair, especially if Duncan and Connor's jam has always been finding and killing people they describe as evil. There's, it's got to be somehow cosmically enforced. Speaking of other weird questions, and we, we shouldn't go down this rabbit hole too much. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and again, like, the, the no fighting on holy ground works great as, like, a plot device. It's, like, somewhere they can talk. It's, like... That sort of thing. Uh, people can be out of the game. It works for what the show needs it to do. But I guess the big question is, what decides what's holy ground? If they were in the Parth, like some sort of Greek temple, does that count as like what? At what point in time counts as holy ground? Like, can they go to like the Church of Scientology and like not fight? Ooh. Can they go to like any any sort of like m- multiple belief system? Like what I, counts and when? Well, I think they all count. Yeah, because the... They seem really, like they would be. He's yeah. building it on, like, Native American holy, holy ground, so, like, some hierarchical organized religion isn't required, though right. we see all, like churches obviously count. I'm gonna say, like, yeah, Scientology, probably? Yeah, probably. But then it's, like, not to get too into this, <laughs> if they're on holy ground, does it just automatically work, or do they have to know it's holy ground? Oh, yeah. What if they, like, wander in somewhere, and it is holy ground, but they don't know? Can they fight? Yeah, because there were just, like, some runes or, like, inscriptions in some trees in the background where he's, like, building the cabin. It's like, that's easy to miss. Like, sure. Slan just might not be paying attention that's right. when he's looking for your head. Yeah. yeah. Back to the present. Uh, Connor and Duncan are sparring again, I guess, and they, they've just re-edited this footage to kind of yep. pad the episode a little bit. And Richie's like spying on them. He's, he's like, like, like he's intrigued by this whole thing. The, watches him training and then does this nod. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, oh yeah, he's being yeah. A total creep about he it too. He's like, he's, it looks like he's getting like a mildly erotic thrill. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. He's like, yes, please. While they're out, it turns out that Slan calls Tess, threatens to rape her again. Yep. And challenges Duncan to, like, a duel to the death. Like, meet me at the bridge. We're gonna fucking have it out. And is he just, like, calling on the phone? He just calls her on the phone. Yeah. So, it's real casual. So, when Duncan gets home, him and Connor find out about this. They have, like, a really great bro talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have pulled the clip, but they're just, like... End of fight? It's like a bro talk slash... Argument. Yeah, they're talking about, like, ladies. Like, you have all the, like, you have all the best women and, yeah. like, most of the fun. And, like... It's the other way around. Uh, whatever. All the fun and most of the most good of the women. good women. Yeah. Lately, that's really like <laughs> it's it's like funny and weird it's all at like, the same time. It almost seems like it's improvised or something. Because <laughs> something it's like about the, awkward. Yeah, something about the pacing of the conversation yeah. is wrong. Like it feels like there's an extra beat between every response. Where like if you didn't see them in the same shot, you would almost think that the conversation was filmed in two separate rooms and they cut it together. But here again, like I do like them playing off of each other. I mean, I think Lambert is, like, really good in this episode, especially working with the material he's... No, he's totally fun. I mean, they have, like, he's the mentor, Duncan's the student that doesn't know any better. Yeah, it works really well. I don't know. His performance in this, I just find very puzzling often. And maybe it's, like, the this, like, rascally character, because, like, so many of his lines just end with him going, like, smiling and going, (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) The the Christoph Lambert laugh is amazing. (laughs) It's just this weird, weird, creepy man laugh. (laughs) Like, 
I don't know what that is, but like get used to hearing it because it's yeah. he uses it all the time. Just like something about him just feels alien to me. His performance to me feels like he came from another planet. And- <laughs> <laughs> He thinks this is how humans act. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm alone on this one, but he is a no. A strike. Like I don't necessarily strange. think he's like the greatest actor ever, but he has an odd screen presence. That yeah, I think that might be what I'm attracted to. Like charismatic in some way. Like yeah. like he's playing more of a character where I feel like they they do a good job, but I feel like Tessin and Duncan are a little. I don't know what it is. Can't put my finger on it. Well, he's hmm. definitely working hard. Lambert's definitely like putting in some effort. Sure, and that definitely shows. So it's also hats interesting off. that three of like the maybe five. There are basically five characters in this episode. Three of them either have uh, uh, an accent. Or English isn't their first language. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, and if you're not familiar with the Highlanders franchise, Christophe Lambert is French playing a Scotsman. Yep. And Which so, produces a very strange accent. Very strange mm-hmm. accent. Um, do you think he's trying to do a Scottish accent? I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I don't think so. Like, <laughs> I don't, That's a good answer. I, I don't think he thinks his character should have a Scottish accent anymore. Sure. Yeah. I think he's using the fact that he already has an accent to, like, his advantage to build kind of a weird Frankenstein accent. Because he's from lots of places. Lots of different places. Connor ends up punching out Duncan. With, like, a weird, like, left hook that, like, instantly knocks Duncan out. Like, if this is all it takes, like, he should definitely not go fight Slan. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, So he gets knocked out because Connor wants to fight slan and we still don't really know the reason for any of this sort of like drama but he doesn't want duncan to fight him he's gonna go do it Uh, so he hops in his car to go meet slan on the bridge richie has been like spying on this whole thing he hops in the trunk of the car yep and connor does not notice richie is on the outside of the car Mm -hmm. connor gets in then richie hops in the trunk closes the lid yep connor has no idea what's happening was the trunk just open? I don't know. Or- <laughs> well, we've already established that Richie has like some sure. thief skills. Uh, sure. He could have like sure. rigged it so he could like yeah. pop it open. I that's don't know. True. Burglars that's out there can the let us know. Yeah. They arrive on the bridge, and I guess then we have the big showdown with mm-hmm. Slan and Connor, and they start kicking each other's ass, or Connor's kicking Slan's ass. He ends up yeah. slicing like he stabs him like through his mask, like in yeah, the eye hole. That's confusing. Yeah, but he gets his face. He gets his face. Um, so it looks like Slan's gonna lose, and then Slan has a projectile thing built in the bottom of his sword, so he shoots... Like, it's a, like a dart It's like a ballistic right? knife somehow. Yeah. Uh, and he shoots Connor. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. It's neat. <laughs> Opened a lot of questions for me, though. Which is, okay, this flies. He's allowed to have this dart gun in his sword. Can he just have a gun gun then? <laughs> because it once like you've already, you've opened a certain door there when sure. this weapon is allowed. Yeah, what weapons are allowed? Cuz guns are also more convenient and will cause a lot less questions than it's like, "Oh, why do you have a claymore?" <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's the whole like trench coat thing too. They all wear trench coats to hide their swords, which I literally just put together. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I don't know, trench coats are cool. The Matrix, blah blah blah. Getting there before the Matrix, that's you need right. a, you need a trench coat to hide all your swords. <laughs> uh, so Connor gets like stabbed, and so uh, instead of getting beheaded, 
he throws himself over the bridge, and there's yep. an amazing just dummy, like mm-hmm. this floppy <laughs> dummy, just crashes into the water. Uh, but luckily, Duncan shows up, and he's right ready on to, time. Right on time. Yeah. And now he's going to take Slan on. As you said, Kyle, it's kind of a little unfair, because Slan yeah. just got like... He was injured. Like, he, he was in a pretty tough fight. Yeah. That's much he's been swinging around a two-handed sword for yeah. a couple of minutes. Like, he's yeah. got to be kind of tired. Like, that can't be easy. So, yeah, they, they end up going at it. And Richie is also, like, poised on the side of the right. bridge. Like, he's, he's watching this whole thing play out. And before we get too far, like, what do you guys think of the fighting just in general in this? But, like, you know, we talked briefly about the warehouse fight. This is, like, the... And then this are, like, the two main sources of action in the episode. The warehouse fight is better, I think, than the, like, the bridge fights or yeah. any of the fights with Richard Maul. I don't uh, think Richard Maul really... I mean, he has to wield around this probably really heavy, big sword. Richard Maul, I don't know if he was trained too much. Yeah, I don't know how much they rehearsed all this stuff. Yeah. Like, they speed up some of the footage for at least his fights with Duncan, mm-hmm. um, which just, like, looks a little clunky. Yeah. Uh, the sword fighting in the show gets really good at some point like depending on who the guest stars are like if they're pretty physical like there's some really great sword fighting connor and duncan are good that's a good scene and like just in terms of what you were saying about their relationship i actually think it comes through most in the this like mostly physical scene sure like the way they're interacting is great when like they pick them up off the dirt pile and you know all that stuff i think is solid yeah it's it's totally fun uh, also as far as the sword play goes um, I want to say that the sword master on the show is Bob Anderson, and he's the stunt coordinator, I guess, or sword, swords master on the Star Wars films, the original oh, wow. ones. And he was, I think, Darth Vader's stunt double or stand-in for oh, the sword fights. That's um, and I want to say years ago I read some quote or heard some quote from him that he said Adrian Paul was, like, the best swordsman he had ever worked with. Uh, awesome. Like, having no training, like, to learn all the stuff. Like He's good at doing all the moves. Like, yeah. a lot of guys have to do sword moves. And sometimes, like, sword moves. Like, they'll do like a <laughs> slash or something, or they'll spin the blade. He does it probably the best. A lot of them, yeah, he makes it look cool. Don't really work too well. Like, yeah, but <laughs> he's good. They have it out. Duncan likes. I don't know. Injures Slan and then cuts his head off. And I wanted to pause here just for a second. So this is the way in the Highlander. They, like this is how immortals die. They get their. They have to be beheaded to die. This is a show on Saturday afternoons that I watched as a child that features beheadings on a weekly basis. It even mentions it in the opening title. Like it's like with the fall of like fall of a sword and like the beheading of a person. Like that's how this works. Like, does this show fly on TV today when we can also like turn on like CNN and watch like ISIS behead somebody? Like for real? Yeah. Yeah, totally. This would completely fly. Yeah, it's I've, really great. I mean, like shocking. Like, it is like they, I don't watching it again. Like they don't. It's not gory or anything. No. And usually they try to like obfuscate the body behind something. Yeah. Like so, you just see like the body fall. Well, I think, but like they are cutting people's heads yeah. off all the time. Blood doesn't come out. Like oh, the the white energy comes out of like their neck hole. <laughs> <laughs> call it. But that doesn't happen when you get injured. No. <laughs> Um, Sometimes. So I guess then this is another hallmark of this series is that this is what's called the quickening. So after the immortal's beheaded, the the, the winning immortal gains that person's power. And 
it's never really clear what that power is. It's like power, knowledge, like... Yeah, do they get memories? I don't know. They don't really get into it too much. At some point, they get into it uh, a little more, but it's never really specific, and I guess that's kind of okay. Uh, But it is... Pin number, if you get... (laughs) There's just lightning everywhere. It is very sexual, and like... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how else to describe it. There's lots of, like, groaning, Mm -hmm. shaking. It's... I, I don't know how else to how else to describe what is going on on it's the screen a, other a, than like it's a, a weird cartoon orgasm. Yeah, everything explodes when the quickening happens, and I didn't notice they show Slan's car explode. Does Duncan's car explode? Or Connor's car? Does Connor's car explode? I didn't notice. That would be really inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if you win, do you does your car get to not explode? <laughs> is that part of it? Yeah. Do they mention the word quickening anywhere but in the opening credits of this Never. episode? Ever, ever, ever. I don't think mm. they ever say you get the quickening. Because that just, again, makes the opening credits introduction to this very... Like, what is all this terminology? Yeah. Yep. After Duncan gets all this power, he wins the fight. The body's just there on the bridge. Uh, he notices Richie's, like, spied on him. He gives him, like, a look. And then he just throws himself off the bridge. <laughs> I, again, don't know why. Like, Richie saw him, so it's not like he's hiding from Richie. Like, yeah. I guess you could just drive away. Unless he's thinking like I'll follow the path Connor went, like I'll float downstream the to most find him. Direct route, I guess. So yeah, and so again, just dummy, floppy yeah. dummy, just hitting the water. It's awesome. So he he ends up meeting up with Connor. I guess he rescues Connor on the the side of the the shore, or whatever. And uh, Connor's like, you have to take care of the boy. And Con- Duncan's like, yeah, I'm gonna. I'll look after him. Anyway, so then they go to meet back up with Tess. So I guess at this point has decided she wants to leave Duncan. Because it's dangerous, or well, Duncan, or Duncan one. wants to leave her. Duncan wants to leave her, and uh, Connor goes back to Tess for some reason. Maybe because he wants them to be happy. I don't really know why Connor goes. Back. Oh yeah, he was supposed to tell her that Duncan was leaving. That, oh, like, he right. was alive, but he's right. leaving. He's right. done. Yeah, but and instead he tells her where he thinks he is, which right. is back at the old cabin that he built right. on Holy Ground. Flashback. Yeah. So Connor brings Tess there, and I guess it's like a happy ending like yeah it's happy he leaves so that they can bump uglies for the 14th time on this episode <laughs> and he Which... goes to the canoe so are they stranded on that island because he's taking the canoe. he's taking the canoe well i guess Dun- duncan, duncan got there, there somehow. somehow so i guess there's a way out that's the episode so what what do we as a pilot like would you watch this series after if you just saw the pilot would you be like i'm gonna keep going i feel like that's a hard question to answer like if you weren't already a Highlander fan, uh, I don't know if you would want to keep watching this or not. I mean, I, I thought I thought it was pretty good. So I think I would have given this, this would have been on like a, a short leash. Like I'd watch another one, but like I don't think I'd be hooked after this. I think I'd be like, well, okay. But like it's cool. Like one thing that's in it is that Duncan and the concept do jump out as cool. They're, like, yeah. ill-defined, but it's, like, I'm kind of into the protagonist, even though, like, he definitely hasn't quite found exactly his footing and his voice yet. But it's, like, he's cool. The katanas are cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I'll give this a little bit longer and see what happens. Yeah. Sure. I think the pilot does a pretty good job of putting the, the like, set pieces there. Like, they, they try to explain what the game is, where Immortals, like, it gets a lot of stuff that pilots need to do out of the way. And pilots are always, like kind of clunky because they need to do like pilot stuff i think i would give this show a chance like this one yeah um but yeah it does have that like cool factor i think i would just be in it just to be like i need to i want to know more about like guys that have sword fights like now 
like yeah. present day people with swords is cool. So yeah, I think this this episode is okay. Uh, in the the scope of the whole series, it's not one of the best. But of course, this this show really gets a lot better. I think as yeah. it, it grows. I think we're gonna be saying that a lot about the first season. Yeah. Like, so yeah, again, okay, stick with us. We all, everyone at this table, loves Highlander. I think it's not without its faults, and this first season is at a loss for finding its footing and what it needs to say and do. Thanks, I guess, for listening to this episode. This was this was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, had fun. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, Highlander Rewatched. Our handle is at the Rewatchers on Twitter, uh, Facebook. Just look us up and like us, uh, Highlander Rewatched. Uh, make sure you rate us on iTunes. That really helps with our rating. Tell your friends about us if they're into Highlander or if you want to get a friend into Highlander. This is a great way to kind of watch the show with them. And if you want to contribute uh, and be part of the discussion, uh, we're probably going to read a lot of like fan mail, uh, reader mail, that sort of thing. Um, either write to us on Facebook, leave us comments. You can email us at highlanderrewatched at gmail.com. Eamon, do you want to <laughs> plug uh, some art? Oh, sure. Uh, if you want to look me up, uh, I'm on Twitter, Eamon B. Doc, and on Instagram as Eamon B. Doc. And what yeah. do you do, Eamon? Uh, I'm a uh, cartoonist comic book artist uh an all-around fun guy and so do you think there's gonna be some highlander art in the near future yeah yeah look for that i'll have some stuff in the works awesome all right and uh we'll see everybody next week for another exciting chronicle in the highlander the series saga thanks Thanks again for tuning in with us uh, to our inaugural and first episode of the Highlander Rewatch podcast. As I said in the introduction, uh, we are well into season two, so if you want to check us out, go ahead. Um, so if you like what you heard today, make sure to find us and like us on Facebook. Um, we are posting stuff every single day, behind-the-scenes info, videos, pictures, all sorts of great stuff, and you can stay in the know on all the latest and greatest Highlander news. Also, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again for listening and there can be only one.